Hi, and welcome to Him We Proclaim with John Fonville. Today, John continues his study on church liturgy called The Gift Giver and His Gathered Guests. This next lesson looks at five reasons why liturgy is important for growing healthy believers. It's common to get off track spiritually. And John explains that the gift of weekly church services and gospel-centered liturgy are what get us back on track and where we're supposed to be to grow strong in our faith. Here's John now with a message called Growing Healthy Believers, Part 2. We wonder why so many drop out of church after they graduate from high school. Listen to this survey conducted by Lifeway Christian Research. 70% of young adults ages 23 to 30 stopped attending church regularly for at least a year between the ages of 18 to 22. 70%. Why is it that when our young people graduate from high school, they say, goodbye church, and they're gone? There are many reasons, and it's fairly complicated, but here's one. Is not one cause the fact that our young people, by and large, have not been brought up and trained in the worship life of the congregation gathered around word and sacrament each week. We've told them that it wasn't relevant to them. So we ship them out to an age-specific alternative liturgy that is a rock concert. And so because they've never been brought up and trained in the worship life of the trellis of word and sacrament, they've not been trained from early on in their life to see that the visible church is actually essential to their life. That there is no sanctification without the church. They have grown up and been trained on the wrong trellis. Have you ever tried to bend a petrified piece of wood? Doesn't happen. But a green piece of wood can bend all over, but it'll flex, but not break. In his book, You Are What You Love, James Smith says this. He says, spiritual formation in Christ requires a lot of rehabituation precisely because we build up so many disordered habits over a lifetime. He's exactly right. This is also why the spiritual formation of children is one of the most significant callings in the body of Christ. Every child raised in the church in a Christian home has the opportunity to be immersed in kingdom-indexed habit-forming practices from birth. That's a great advantage. Corporate worship is the heart of discipleship. It is the primary training system in the church. These repeated weekly practice of disciplines and regimens, they are reaching down into our deepest habits, and the liturgy trains us to develop new godly habits. And so we have the capital L liturgy on Sunday, which is today. This is God's whole day of gift to you. And the capital L Liturgy of Sunday generates and shapes and forms and governs our lowercase l Liturgy worship Monday through Saturday. It teaches us how to live the Christian life. And so our sanctification, this slow process, sometimes exceedingly painful process of becoming holy and like Christ, of learning to love God and learning to love our neighbor, 
It's very much like growing grapes. Remember what the grape growing guide said? Listen to what he said. Good grapes take years to produce. Healthy grapes just don't appear overnight. You don't plant a grape seed and wake up the next morning and start eating muscadine grapes, right? Loving God and loving your neighbor, pursuing holiness and righteousness and obeying God's law out of the gospel and grace rather than just sheer duty and legalism, that just doesn't happen overnight. If you've been married for any amount of time, your spouse, either way, can confirm the truth of that statement. Healthy growth does not occur overnight. We don't go to bed and wake up the next morning finding ourselves perfectly loving God and perfectly loving our neighbor, perfectly loving our wife, perfectly loving our husband, perfectly loving our children, perfectly giving love to our employer Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday or however when you work, perfectly doing the things that God's law requires of. We, that doesn't happen The Heidelberg Catechism in question five says that I am, quote, but my fallen nature inclined to hate God and to hate my neighbor. It takes a long time to have that fallen inclination, even after regeneration, taken out of us. And so the church's liturgy, the trellis, has to be in place a long time, a lifetime, so that our hearts are continually trained in godliness. So that's the first point. Here's the second. The liturgy is indivisibly bound up with Christ's visible church. The liturgy is indivisibly bound up with Christ's visible church. When the Lord calls us by his grace, his calling is personal, but it is not individual. When we are saved, the Bible says we are incorporated into Christ's body, the church. In Acts chapter 2, verse 32, we see from the day of Pentecost that all who believed the gospel from Peter, listen, were baptized and joined the church, and they regularly were meeting together for the apostles' teaching, the supper, and common prayer. What is Luke saying there? To become a Christian was to be immediately immersed into the church's liturgy. The training system of the church. Regularly meeting together for the apostles' teaching, the supper, the sacrament, and common prayer. Word and sacrament. Word, sacrament, and prayer. The three essential elements of true worship. And so discipleship is churchmanship. Discipleship is churchmanship. You've got to be planted in the trellis. You can't church hop. You can't be here and you can't be there. I once had somebody come visit the church and afterwards they said, oh, I really enjoyed your service today. I'm a Christian of Jacksonville and I'm a member of every church in Jacksonville. Discipleship is churchmanship. Sanctification is learning how to put on Christ to clothe ourselves with Christ. We don't learn how to dress ourselves by ourselves. It is a communal activity. Sanctification is indivisibly bound up with becoming incorporated in Christ's body of the church. The title of Todd Bolsinger's book is perfect, and it fittingly captures this truth. His title of his book is, It Takes a Church to Raise a Christian. He's exactly right. 
Salvation for the Christian means communion. Listen, God who is a trinity has saved us to participate in the transforming communion, community of himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And through participating in his communion, he places us into the community or the transforming communion of his church. And so remember this, that the most important thing about a trellis is that the trellis ensures maximum exposure to sunlight and to air so that you can have photosynthesis, the ripening of fruit, and the control of diseases done effectively. The liturgy is like the trellis. The liturgy of the church ensures that you regularly receive maximum exposure to the spiritual nutrients that you need as a believer. That's called word and sacrament. So that you can grow up in every way into him who has the head into Christ, Paul says. What is the liturgy? The liturgy is the gift giver's gift to you. So that your life can ripen like a grape into Christ's likeness. Peter says so that you can grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What is the liturgy? The liturgy is the gift giver's gift that controls the spread of spiritual diseases that destroy healthy growth as a believer. Paul says, so that you will no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Everybody in this church, if you heard, said about Christ, he's the first and greatest created being. Everybody in this church to take their Nicene theology and say, no, he is not that. He is the eternal Son of God, the second member of the Trinity, who is fully God, yet by the mercy of God has become fully man incarnate. Jesus, the Son of God, God and man, one person, two natures, that's who he is. It controls spiritual diseases that destroy the church. The liturgy is God's gift to protect you. And then recall this, grapevines cannot support the weight of a full harvest by themselves. Equally, believers cannot support the weight of a full sanctification by themselves. Yet too often, the church's worship, corporate worship, is neglected and seen as the last place believers look for their growth and discipleship. I get invited to men's breakfasts all the time at 5 o'clock in the morning, 5.30 in the morning, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm not going to it. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> I need to rest. And then I need to get my kids out the door very early. How often am I presented that that is the essence of a Christian man's devotion and discipleship? And I want to tell them, absolutely not. If you want to go to those, go to them, that's fine. But the essence of a godly man's discipleship is if he's married, bringing his wife and his children to church on Sunday. That's the essence of a godly man right there. You can't support the weight of a full sanctification by yourself. And you can't expect full sanctification by neglecting the primary source of your sanctification, which is the church. 
James Smith says it like this. There is no sanctification without the church, not because some building holds a superstitious magic, but rather because the church is the very body of Christ, animated by the Spirit of God, composed of spirited practices. The practices of prayer and song, preaching and offering, baptism and holy communion. These are the canoes and boats and helicopters that God graciously sends our ways for our rescue. The living God meets us where we are as creatures of habit who are shaped by practices, and he invites us into a community of practice that is the very body of his son. Liturgy is the way we learn to put on Christ. And so what is the church's liturgy? The church's liturgy is the Holy Spirit's trellis that trains and directs our loves, guides and manages our sanctification over a lifetime. It ensures that we are repeatedly and ongoingly nourished and supported by the Holy Spirit's life-giving gifts of word and sacrament in the context of the visible covenant community called the church. And so regularly attending a biblically gospel-centered church that administers word and sacrament, the gifts of God for the people of God, that is the most important event each week for a Christian. And so one author says this, he says, don't stunt your growth in Christ by missing out on the feast that God has prepared for you through the ministry of word and sacrament. Don't stunt your growth. Here's the third. We'll do these very quickly. These are easy. The liturgy doesn't give life to the believer. There's nothing magical about the liturgy. It doesn't give life to the church. The trellis doesn't give life to grapevines, right? And so the liturgy doesn't give life to the believer. We don't look to the liturgy and worship the liturgy. Oh, we've got the real liturgy or something. We're really, I mean, we don't worship the liturgy. The Holy Spirit, the liturgy says in the Nicene Creed, is the Lord and giver of life. Don't you love that? That's one of my favorite lines in the Nicene Creed. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. But the Holy Spirit works through divinely ordained means of word and sacrament to nourish the believer's spiritual growth. And so this liturgy of word and sacrament, the gifts of God for the people of God, is important because it brings Christ into our midst. Christ is present where he has promised to be present. And he comes and meets us with grace to forgive his repentant children every time. Where his word is, he is there. And the Holy Spirit is present, sustaining and equipping and nourishing and comforting our faith. So a trellis doesn't create the growth of healthy grapes, but it directs it and manages it. And the liturgy, listen, it doesn't create our desire, but it directs it. It manages it. It aims it. It points it over and over. Our desires have gotten off. We come to this divine gift service, and it redirects us and gets us back focused where we're supposed to be. Here's the fourth. The liturgy doesn't need innovation, but faithful excavation. Recall the grape growing guide's wise advice. Listen to it carefully. 
Have your trellis built by a fence contractor. You don't have to build the trellis system yourself. This can save you a lot of backache and headache. And fence contractors usually have access to all the necessary materials and tools. And the faithful, good fence contractors are very helpful with layout and design. That's just like the church's liturgy. The church's ministers are, so to speak, fence contractors. Faithful ministers are very helpful with the layout and design of the church's worship, not because they're innovators, not because they're trying to be clever and come up with a new worship service that's going to be so relevant and meet the needs of people where they are in their culture and things like that, but they are faithful excavators of historic liturgy of the divine service of word and sacrament where God comes as a gift giver to give his gifts to his people through the means that he's ordained. And so the Lord doesn't leave it up to his gathered guests to figure out a trellis system. Okay, well, maybe this will work this week, so let's try this. Oh, that wasn't good, so let's try this. I used to be on a church staff every week. That was the meeting. How did it go? Well, well, let's not do this next week. Let's try this. Maybe this will work. Maybe if we just put greeters in the parking lot with music like Disney, they'll come back next week. Those were the conversations. The church's ministers employing the historic liturgy can save you a lot of backache and headache when it comes to your spiritual growth. Like fence contractors, faithful pastors have access to all the necessary materials and tools for your spiritual benefit. It's called word and sacrament. And the good ones are faithful to that. This brings us to the final reason liturgy is important for growing healthy believers. Here's the fifth and final point. The liturgy is important because the gospel is important. So we always bring it back to the gospel. This is a gospel issue. The liturgy is important because the gospel is important. The historic liturgy is gospel worship. It is gospel worship. It is in the very nature of the divine service to be a liturgy of the gospel. That means this, gifts given and received in faith. The gift giver comes, gives his gifts, and we, his gathered guests, sit and receive in faith these gifts for our growth. Herman Sass, a Lutheran professor of theology, he says, wherever the pure gospel comes, there the great liturgy of the true church revives. And wherever men seek genuine liturgy, they cannot avoid facing the question, what is the gospel? It's exactly right. Do you know why we here at Paramount Church value the longevity of historic Christian worship? And I've been making so many. I know some of you are going, wow, we've gone a long way since the schoolhouse. I'm like, yeah, we have. Why do we value this? And why are we doing this? And why are we bringing reformation to our church? Why do we value the longevity of historic liturgy? It's not for the sake of tradition. That's not the reason. It's not merely because it connects us to believers in the past, although it does. Why do we value the way we're doing these things? Here's why. Great godly pastors and theologians of the past understood that the elements they chose and the order they chose of doing what Paul said, everything indecently in order, they, they put this and crafted this beautiful gift together together 
because all of these elements are rooted in a fundamentally different understanding of what worship is. A whole different paradigm of the way you're going to have to begin to start thinking about worship. And that is this, the paradigm is that the primary agent of Christian worship is not you. It is the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the gift giver. And the liturgical elements of historic Christian worship are rooted in the conviction that our loving, gracious, triune God, the gift giver, he is the primary agent of Christian worship. And he comes bearing his gifts for his people. So when you hear the word gospel, what should come to your mind is one word. Gift. Gift. And since the historic liturgy of the church, word and sacrament is gospel worship, the historic liturgy of word and sacrament can be distilled into one word. Do you know what that word is? Gift. If somebody asks you, why do you go to Paramount Church? Give them one word. I go to receive Every week, gift. That's worship. The liturgy is, first of all, what God is doing to us and for us. In law worship, we bring our obedience and our praise to God and our gifts. In gospel worship, listen, we bring our sin and sinfulness, and God the gift giver brings his gifts to meet us in our sin and sinfulness. We don't give a gift to ourselves, right? Oh, you might. (laughs) But typically at Christmas time, you buy a gift and you give it to somebody else. Gifts cannot be earned, they cannot be deserved, they cannot be paid for. If so, they would not be gifts, they would be wages. We don't come to church for wages. It is in the nature of a gift simply to be received. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. So if our salvation is the gift of God, why do we make our worship a wage? Thinking that we can give something to God. Let me just finish with this. The Apology of the Augsburg Confession. I I know, I'm not a geek. I just read old stuff all the time. Can't help it. It's good stuff. The Apology of the Augsburg Confession, when it's discussing the doctrine of justification, listen to how it beautifully explains the understanding of gospel worship. The service and worship of the gospel is to receive good things from God. Isn't that beautiful? Let me say that again. The service and worship of the gospel is to receive good things from God. While the worship of the law is to offer and present our goods to God. We cannot offer anything to God unless we have first been reconciled and reborn. The greatest possible comfort 
comes from this doctrine, the doctrine of justification. The greatest possible comfort comes from this doctrine that the highest worship in the gospel is the desire to receive forgiveness of sins, grace, and righteousness. I don't know about you, but I'm an exceedingly sinful, needy man, and I need the forgiveness of sins. I need grace, and I need righteousness. And that gift is found in Christ's church and the historic worship of the church. And so the historic liturgy of the church is a tried and proven trellis that has been handed down over the centuries, which contains all the necessary materials and tools laid out with the most helpful design imaginable so that you can listen, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks, John. That's a message called Growing Healthy Believers, Part 2. More from the Gift Giver series coming up next time. The heart of Him We Proclaim is to bring you the gospel of good news each weekday. With each message, our prayer is you would hear, believe, and enjoy the gospel in your life. If you want to re-listen to or share any of these messages, you can find our smartphone app or locate our podcast by searching for Dr. John Fonville or Him We Proclaim. Him We Proclaim is a broadcast of Dr. John Fonville. If you would like to learn more about his local church in Jacksonville, Florida, you can visit ParamountChurch.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time.